Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And today is Tuesday, February 5th, 2013, and today we are reading from the big book on page 117, the first paragraph that begins, If You and Your Husband Find a Solution. And today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Hoodie, The Twelve Traditions, Marietta, and then Eddie, Kathy Kay, Marsha, Paula, Deb W. And the share code for yesterday, Monday, the 4th of February, was 3822. 3822. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Hoodie to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Monica. This is Hoodie, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Um, thank you, and I passed. Thank you, Hoodie. Now I will ask Marietta to please read the Twelve Traditions. Hi, it's Marietta, Twelve Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself on our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Marietta from Virginia. And I pass. Thank you, Marietta. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. On page 117, the first paragraph that begins, If you and your husband find a solution. And I will ask Eddie to begin reading, please. Good morning, Eddie, in Virginia, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank God. If you and your husband find a solution for pressing problems of drink, you are, of course, going to be very happy. But all problems will not be solved at once. Seed has started to sprout in a new soil, but growth has only begun. In spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Many of the old problems will, be, will still be with you. This is as it should be. Um, I find that um, as I work my way through this program day by day for the last almost eight years now, um, that this um, this paragraph <laughs> reminds me that um, you know everything comes in God's time um, and not in my time. 
and that, of course, was part of my problem um, in my binging days is that everything had to be on my time. So, um, you know, some days um, I think to myself, oh, look at um, how far we've come. And other days I'm sure my husband looks at me and says, who are you, and send her back. Because, you know, not every day is a great day, and, and, and I don't always react um, the way I should. I don't always act the way I should. Um, my problem is I always react, but I don't always act the way I should. And um, even though I find that I have the knowledge that this program brings to me, uh, that I don't, if I choose not to incorporate God into that action, that knowledge, that solution, then I find myself right back, you know, where I was in the beginning. Thank God that doesn't happen as much as it used to, but it, it does happen. Uh, you know, I have um, um, just recently, you know, have had some things in my life that, you know, are not the happiest of situations. And, um, you know, for a brief moment there, I found myself reacting in the way I, sh- I would have uh, or I always did uh, before, pr- before my program. And, uh, you know, thank God I was able to see that relatively quickly and, you know, and make my amends where they were needed and, you know, find a higher, truer, kinder, better path to dealing with them. And uh, so, you know, it just, just reminds me that, uh, you know, all things come in God's time and they'll work if I'm willing to work for them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Eddie. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Good morning, Kim. Please share. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Boy, this is exciting. It's a little warning, though. It's a little warning. It says, if you and your husband find a solution for the pressing problem of drink, you are, of course, going to be very happy. And what is that solution? The solution is the steps. So, of course, you're going to be happy. But we are being reminded here that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. So it says here, in spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Many of your old problems will still be with you. This is as it should be. Because the bottles were just a symptom. The problem is we had this heavy going of life. So as, as wonderful it is that we stopped drinking, we stopped eating, we're losing our weight, we're feeling good, we're not as angry, we're not as... as um, striking out as much, we have to be reminded that life is still going to happen. You know, I really did think if I got down to a size six, I would get a husband, I would get a better job, I would get more money. I really thought that getting thin was going to be the was going to actually give me everything I wanted in life. And that was very frightening when I was able to lose weight and all my problems were still there. Because I am the architect of my own misery. So I'm just going to go back to page 85 because after we've had this spiritual experience, after step 10, we are reminded of the same thing. It says it is easy to let up on the spiritual program of action and rest on our laurels. We are headed for trouble if we do, for alcohol is a subtle foe. We are not cured of alcoholism. What we really have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. Every day, every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. How can I best serve thee? Thy will, not mine, be done. These are thoughts we must take with us constantly. We can exercise our willpower along this line. All we wish for it is the proper use of the will. Much has already been said about receiving strength 
inspiration and direction from him who is all knowledge and power. If we have carefully followed directions and we have begun to sense the flow of the spirit into us, to some extent we have become God conscious. We have begun, we have begun to develop this vital sixth sense, but we must go further and that means more action. So as wonderful as this is, the wife and the husband have found a solution to the pressing problem of drink. We have to remember that in spite of our newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Many of our old problems will be with you, and this is as it should be. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Paula Mashia. Good morning, Paula. Please share. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, fellow travelers. You know, it comes along when you open the opening sentence here. And if you and your husband, now it doesn't say if your husband finds a solution. The way you are brought into this disease and the suffering, you are also brought into the solution. And there the joy. Because you are here, husband and wife, spouse, child, whatever, but it says for the present problem of drink, you found a solution, an answer. An answer. For the alcoholic, the answer was always the alcohol or for the compulsive eater or a drug. But here we've been given an answer. So you're going to be very happy. Well, okay, that's a statement that we can all kind of come along with. Surely you will be. But then it says, but all the problems will not be solved at once. You'd like to think that. But we know even there there's trouble. But this part, seed has started to sprout in a new soil. But growth has only begun. If you've ever, you know, planted something, I don't know about you, but I'm not much of a green thumb. So let me tell you, when I see a sprout, I am thrilled. I say, wow, it's actually growing. It's actually growing. And I can see it visibly now. But what I can see are the roots that are taking hold underneath, that grab the nutrients So see, it started to sprout, and it will continue. It will continue if it is fed properly. But that part there, in spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Mm -hmm. There will be days that you will say, well, I don't see any growth at all. It doesn't seem to be growing. um, oh, Oh, there we go. The roots are taking hold, honey. So even what you don't see, and oh, in the spiritual realm, is that not true? But it becomes evident. It becomes evident. Thank you for allowing me to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Okay, this is Monica, and I'll share here on this paragraph. So they're telling us here in this paragraph that, you know, okay, things are looking kind of nice here, you know. Your husband has put down the alcohol. He's found a solution. We started working the steps. And how happy, you know. Oh, my God, he's not drinking. Yay! And then it says, but all problems will not be solved at once. You know, all right, the big thing of the of the alcohol is put down, but life is still happening. And the seed has started to sprout. You know, the seed of recovery here has started to sprout in a new soil. But growth has only begun. You know, this is a process. 
And like Apollo was saying, you know, you plant a seed and it takes time. It's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. You plant the seed and next day you're going to have this nice, big, beautiful plant. It takes time and it needs nourishing and water and sunlight. And the same thing with our program. We, the seed is planted and we have to work at it. In spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. There will be. You know, life still happens. And even though you go through the process and God gives you recovery, life is still going to happen. It's not going to be a bed of roses, but it's different because we have new tools, different tools. And it says many of the old programs, problems will still be with you and this is as it should be you know this is a process that we are going through life is a process one day at a time and it's spiritual progress here we're working on too not spiritual perfection so you know some patience and some effort will equal some nice new growth and it takes practice 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 of the principles and with that, I will pass. And would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Patricia. May I share? Good morning, Patricia. Please share. Good morning. Yes, I just wanted to share on the, the seed has been has started to sprout in the new soil, but growth only begun. Well, if you and your husband find the solution, so that means to me, this means that she started to go to Al Anon and he started to go to AA. And and what they're gonna find out is the same thing we found out on page sixty two and even in this previous page here where um it says that we were afflicted with pride, self the women we wives found that every like everybody else, we were afflicted with pride, self-pity, vanity, and all these things which go to make up the self-centered person. So they're gonna, so they're all, you know, the problem. Yeah, the seed's been is starting to sprout in new soil, but growth has only begun because when you start working on yourself, um, yeah, it's it's definitely a process. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Patricia. And let's move on to the next paragraph. Kathy Kay, can you read the next paragraph? Yes. Uh, thanks, Monica. This is Kathy. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. The faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to, this, to the test. These workouts should be regarded as part of your education, for thus you will be able learning to live. You will make mistakes, but if you are in earnest, they will not drag you down. Instead, you will capitalize on them. A better way of life will emerge when they are overcome. And this is Kathy. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'd like to say a few words about this. Um, I, uh, you will make mistakes, but if you are in earnest, they will not drag you down. I remember um, when I, uh, after a while after I was abstinent for a while, uh, and I would see my character defects pop up, um, I would get discouraged and I would get self-critical. Um, and it was pointed out to me by my sponsor that these were opportunities to ask God um, 
to remove the character defects and to show me how I should be. And um, over time, so much more and more was revealed to me um, that I found myself saying, um, the more recovery I have, uh, the more illness I see. And it was kind of like a paradox. But now that I really have the steps to use continuously throughout my day, not just first thing in the morning or at night, but all through the day, I can make opportunities out of um, these challenges that still come up because we're not perfect, we're human. So it's really, really important to be reminded that um, mistakes are opportunities to develop our spiritual muscles. And I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Would anyone like to share on what was just read? Good morning. Yes. Hi, this is Gwen. I heard Gwen and I heard someone else. Deb from Michigan. Deb. Okay, Deb and then Gwen, please. Good morning, a vision for you. Uh, my name is Deb and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Michigan. Um, <clears throat> this is awesome. I just love this paragraph. The faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to the test. Is that not the truth? Um, these workouts should be regarded as part of your education, for thus you will be learning to live. Um, the workouts. Wow. <clears throat> I remember being in disease and full-blown just chaos in my life. And, you know, there was no workouts. There was isolation. I, I was living in complete isolation from my husband and from everybody else. And today it's so beautiful because it's a harmonious, um, like, twin gear going on. You know, um, we fit together as a gear. And um, although life comes at us at, you know, sideways sometimes, um, it is a fit and finish to our um, marriage that was not there before. And I'm just so thankful for that today. Um, it says you will make mistakes for sure. You know, it doesn't mean that we're perfect now. It doesn't mean that we have we are the poster children of um, marriage and everybody should model their marriages after us. That's not the case. But you will make mistakes, but you are if you're in earnest, they will not drag you down. Instead, you will capitalize on them. I love that word, capitalize. Let's look that up and see what it says. It says, gain from, take advantage of, gain by turning it into a profit. <clears throat> a better way of life will emerge when you, when they are overcome. It reminds me of another place in the big book, um, 133, where it says, but it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Um, avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. So, you know, today, that's what we're avoiding today. We're avoiding arguments. We're avoiding, you know, um, the, the way in which we used to live, the way in which I specifically used to live. Um, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize on it. It's an opportunity to grow. Thank God for it because it only deepens your relationship more. Um it is an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Yeah, because that's the bottom line. It's not about me. This whole life is about God. And anything that comes through on a positive note through my being is not me. <clears throat> and it's, it's completely...
completely God's grace and mercy through my life. And that's the beautiful thing today. I can um, illuminate that. It's not uh, by me. I'm not manufacturing it, but God is doing it through me. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Gwen, go ahead. Star one, Gwen. Yes, thank you very much for this opportunity to share, Monica. My name is Gwen, and I am uh, in recovery for compulsive overeating with 71 days of abstinence. Thank you. Um, I wanted to also say that in response to this, there's a great passage also in the big book on page 83 that says the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And the idea that we're constantly in process with learning and growing, I think, is factored into the paragraphs we are reading right now. Um, This isn't a one-shot deal. Um, Amends are not a one-shot deal. The process of of inventory is not a one-shot deal. We constantly, and specifically in Steps 10, um, and then, of course, I think 11 and 12, but specifically 10, are continually looking at ourselves and asking, you know, who are we? How have we lived today? Who have we hurt? And, and, and also, who have we helped? And so I think what is really great about the program is there's an opportunity to continue to do a moral inventory and to try to really right our wrongs if we can one day at a time. And when we can't and we're not ready, which really happens quite a bit, I know for me as I'm doing my step work now, um, I'm finding that there are some places where I still can't quite let go uh, and let God, but, you know, I'm working on that and asking for Asking for help and also readiness. I think readiness is very, very important in, in, in um, you know, making steps from a grounded and sincere position. So uh, I want to thank you for being there in the rooms. I'm getting ready to embark on my uh, trip in a few days, and I hope to, I hope to take um, a vision uh, for you with me one way or the other. Um, so thanks again, and have a great day. Thank you, Gwen. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Lois. This is Janice. Leah. Lois and then Janice. Hi, good morning, everyone. Um, I, I wanted to uh, definitely share on, on this paragraph. It says that, you know, you will make mistakes, if, but if you're in earnest, they will not drag you down. Instead, you will capitalize on them, and a better way of life will emerge when they, when they are overcome. Well, recently this this applied to something going on in my life, and um, I was I was you know I was devastated. It was a lesson I had to learn, and I really I guess I was into my old self. I had slipped back a little bit, and and I I was I didn't think I had too much to learn because I was um, I was in control and I was doing you know what the big book said. But anyway, to make a long story short, you know something got my attention, and and I I I I, I was. I listened, you know, and and I luckily I I I my humility kicks in, and I I really did learn, you know, and uh, something happened. God got my attention in a, in a wonderful way, and um, I certainly am grateful that I am in earnest, and um, it will not drag me down. It just means that, you know, He wants me to pay attention to something that I hadn't been able to see or learn before. So um, I, I I appreciate what happened. I, I had a I made a mistake. It got my attention. 
I got right back down to my program and deepened my my uh, daily spiritual work. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Janice, go ahead, please. Thank you, Monica. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You know, it says such good reminders for me. You know, in spite of your newfound happiness, in spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. There will be ups and downs. You know, none of us ever rise above human. You know, thank God. Thank God we don't rise above human. Because what they're telling me here and what they experienced, this husband, this wife, the experience of these 100 recovered alcoholics and their their spouses, was that the faith and sincerity of both of them together would be put to the test. Now you have faith. You're on the road. You're trudging this road of happy destiny. And now you're going to have some tests in front of you. Because that's life. That's life. You know, life is still going to dish out experiences. But now we have a design for living that works under all conditions. And it requires, for me, patience and effort. Patience and effort. You know, to try not to get too far ahead of myself and to see that they're workouts. They're workouts, but they're part of my education, it says. For thus, you will be learning to live. Because I don't know about you, but that was my problem. I didn't know how to live life on life's terms. I didn't know how to deal with the ups and downs of life. And so it drove me to the food again and again and again, looking for that ease and comfort. But they're telling me here that the ease and comfort will come from a better way of life that emerges as I work these steps, that I use these new muscles, that I take these new actions, because my attitude and my outlook, my whole attitude, and my outlook on life will change, it says. And so we take action based on what we're learning. On what we're learning day by day, we keep taking action. And thus is our faith and our sincerity tested. Because on paper, don't it look good? It looks mighty fine. But we're going to be tested by the ups and downs of life. But if we stick close to our higher power and this husband and wife working together in tandem, the power of us all working together is immeasurable because it hooks our will into God's will and then anything is possible. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Leah. Leah, good morning. Please. Hey, Monica, good morning. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leigh. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. More wisdom from these pages. The faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to the test, meaning uh, it's going to be measured. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there there are measurements to disease. Uh, there's measurements to recovery. These workouts should be regarded as part of your education for thus you will be learning to live. You know, these workouts, when I think of uh, that terminology, I think about sweating. Uh, Janice just mentioned utilizing new muscles. You know, when you begin a new uh, exercise program or you're training for some uh, 
event, it's painful. <laughs> it is painful. Perhaps you haven't utilized those muscles in a while. Perhaps you're being, being uh, put to the test in your endurance and your strength and your flexibility. Uh, those are obviously, we're talking physical muscles, but it can be related to the spiritual muscles as well. You know, I'm, I'm learning a deeper way of, of understanding someone or cooperating with a husband or being patient with a spouse or uh, forgiving a spouse or, uh, you know, self-restraint of tongue. These are things where we stretch and we grow and we will see improvement. Um, these workouts should be regarded as part of your education, for thus you'll be learning to live. When I came here, I had no tools for living. My tools for living were a fork, a knife, and a spoon. I didn't have a rough time compulsively overeating. I compulsively overate very, very well. I had a rough time living. I had a rough time living. I felt unmanageability long before I took my first binge uh, into this belly, and I felt the same degree of unmanageability long after I had my last binge. I had a rough time living. The program of recovery gives me tools so that I can learn how to live. This whole program of recovery, these spiritual principles, which work for you and I, the compulsive overeater, as well as those who love us, because this is Chapter 8 to Wives, and it's giving hope to the spouses. But it's a learning process. It's a learning process which produces a new person living a new way of life. It says you will make mistakes. The big book teaches us, you know, uh, we claim spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. But if you are earnest, they will not drag you down. Instead, you will capitalize on them. A better way of life will emerge when they are overcome. You know, this whole uh, recovery business is a process. It's a growth process, whether you're the compulsive overeater, the alcoholic, or those that love us. Sobriety, abstinence, recovery, it's all a growth process. I'm convinced that when we compulsive overeaters hurt, we either compulsively overeat or we grow. And if we don't compulsively overeat, all that pain becomes growing pain. And in a marriage, which it's speaking about, it's speaking about marriages here, in a marriage when we survive a difficult situation without binging our brains out <laughs> or drugging or drinking or divorcing, we come out spiritually and emotionally stronger than when we went in. As a couple, we either grow together, that is my experience over these 26 years, or we grow apart. We don't stand still. So, uh, you know, it, it's about priorities. You know, it says a better way of life will, will emerge when they are overcome. It's going to take some persistence, my book teaches me. It's going to take some persistence and some stick-to-itiveness. Life is a matter of priorities. Uh, take compulsive overeating, for example. Either I'm going to compulsive over, compulsively overeat and enjoy it, or don't compulsively overeat and, and recover, Leah. And don't alternate between those two. And it's the same thing with, with a marriage. Marriage is similar. I have to ask myself what I'm willing to give up to have the kind of a relationship I want. Am I willing to give up self-will run riot in order to have the happy, joyous, and free way of life that this book allows me to have? Am I willing to stretch for that better way of life? 
and overcome the obstacles. And just as, uh, you know, recovery is easier to maintain if it's the most important thing in one's life, the same thing with marital uh, sobriety and stability is easier to maintain if the harmony in my home, if the sp- a spiritual principle of cooperation and forgiveness and love and understanding and comforting my spouse and, and bringing harmony to the home, if that's more important than the desire to convince the other person they're wrong and I'm right. So again, it says a better way of life will emerge when they are overcome, and indeed it's possible through the program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Before we move on to the next paragraph, would anybody else like to share on what was read? Okay, then um, I will take it. We will move on. And Marsha, would you read the next paragraph, please? Star one, Marsha. Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Marsha. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Some of the snags you will encounter are irritation, hurt feelings, and resentment. Your husband will sometimes be unreasonable, and you will want to criticize. Starting from a speck on the domestic horizon, great thunderclouds of dispute may gather. These family dissensions are very dangerous, especially to your husband. Often you must carry the burden of avoiding them or keeping them under control. Never forget that resentment is a deadly hazard to an alcoholic. You do not mean that you have to agree with your husband whenever there is an honest difference of opinion. Just be careful not to disagree in, resent, in a resentful or, or critical spirit. Uh, I will stop there and, and share just very briefly. Um, I am not married, so I don't have uh, people who are around me who, who have to experience this on a close basis. But I did have a sponsor many, many years ago um, uh, who's long since passed away, and one of her sayings was, it's more important to be loving than to be right. And I try to take that with me everywhere, and um, whenever I am in, and and life happens, no matter what, life happens every single day. I have to deal with coworkers. I have to deal with family. um, I have to deal with situations that come up that I don't necessarily find particularly pleasant. And... um, so I, I try to be extra vigilant, and I try to tap into my higher power as often as possible. I'm not always successful, but as was said before, I will never rise above being human. Um, but I do try to take into my my life that, that saying that my old sponsor said a long time ago, it's more important to be loving than to be right. Um, and, and it's more serene for me to just sit back and say, okay, this isn't that. How important is this to me today? to be right. And, and most often than not, it is absolutely not important for me to be right. It is more important that I be loving. And that's all I have. Thank you. I passed. Thank you, Marcia. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Go ahead, Paula. I'm going to drop down to this sentence here. Scoot right on down to, often you must carry the burden of avoiding them or keeping them under control. Kind of sounds like tiptoeing through the tulips. But you know, that's what they're not saying. They're not saying tiptoe through the tulips. But what they are clearly saying, and we'll see that in the next sentence that follows, is don't go through there with combat boots either. 
But this part, never forget that resentment is a deadly hazard to an alcoholic. We do not mean, oh, I love this clarification, that you have to agree with your husband whenever there is an honest difference of opinion. Just be careful not to degree, not to disagree in a resentful or critical spirit. It comes down to this. You know, there's a song I used to teach my kids. How do you pet a porcupine? Carefully, carefully, that's how. So that's a good word to remember and to live by, carefully. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Janice. I heard Janice, and I think someone else. Deb from Michigan. Deb. Okay, Janice and then Deb, please. Thank you. Thank you, Monica. I love the sentence, starting from a speck on the domestic horizon, great thunderclouds of dispute may gather. You know, what a great reminder, what a great lesson to be learning here. You know, and, and it's in the rooms of your home and it's outside the rooms of your home. You know, specifically they're talking about the husband here, the husband and wife relationship, the close relationship that that comes when when a husband gets sober and a wife is trying to be supportive. But it's the human condition they're talking about as well. You know, I one of the greatest lessons for me to learn and continue continue to practice is to not take that tiny little spark and build it into a bonfire. You know, there might be a little spark going on there. But I can choose to not add fuel to the fire. I can choose to not add fuel to the fire. Because starting with that little speck, it can grow and grow and grow and all of a sudden be a huge argument. And it says that those family dissensions are very dangerous. They're very dangerous. And what have I learned? What has this wife learned? And what can I learn from what they're saying here? Is that I can be a helpmate. And isn't that what I always wanted? Isn't that what I always wanted? To be helpful and useful and kind and loving and supportive. You know, that's, that's what they're teaching right here, is that you can be that in this situation. And that that person coming into recovery might be a bit fragile at first. They might be finding their way. And certainly these alcoholics had a physical fragility as well. You know, some of them were pretty low bottom, came out with a lot of physical health problems. And I can only relate that to my own marriage when my husband was ill. You know, he might be a bit on the irritable and discontented side some days. But when those dissensions raised their heads, I could step back. I could be kind. I could be loving. I could be encouraging. I could sometimes just keep my mouth shut. And when the spark had nothing to fuel it, it would die out. It would die out. And more often than not, both of us would end up in a better place. Both, both of us would end up feeling more loving, more connected. God would lead us to that place where we would not be in a critical spirit, where we didn't have to go into resentment. And that's what they're saying. Avoid these things. Avoid them. 
step aside. Refrain your tongue. Refrain of pen and tongue, we were taught. And that's what they're talking about here, that we don't have to go there anymore. And is it a burden? Is it a burden to keep my mouth shut? Is it a burden to learn how to step aside to avoid those dissensions? Well, it was only a burden until it became a way of life. And when it became a way of life, there was nothing more beautiful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Deb, go ahead. Thank you, Monica. Again, Deb Recovered Compulsive Overeater, so grateful today. Um, I love this paragraph, too. Man, this whole this whole book, forget about it. But um, some of the snags you will encounter are irritation, hurt feelings, and resentment. Um, your husband will sometimes be unreasonable, and you will want to criticize. You know, the thing of it is, is if God has blessed you with a union of marriage, um, any kind of you know relationship, um, it is a beautiful thing, and at that point, you know, we have a purpose to be unified together. And I love how the big book gives us um, specifics, you know, a real design for living that really works. It talks about that. Uh, we have to tap into that design. What is that design? It's God. And uh, I love how it's, it talks about on 87, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in a much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. Um, and, and then it goes on to say, we do not tire so easily, for we are not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were uh, trying to arrange a life to suit ourselves. You know, I totally identify with this because um, when I was trying to run the show, when I was, um, you know, trying to (laughs) do the role of my husband and myself, I was bringing up a ton of energy and I wasn't efficient. And, you know, we weren't efficient. I mean, the whole point is to have this beautiful relationship. And, you know, of course, we don't always get it right, but... I mean, when I become agitated or when I start feeling at all resentful, what do I do with that? I pause. I tap into God. I ask for, you know, direction. I call somebody. I don't just sit there with myself because, you know, again, my best thinking got me here. It led me to the food, hello. So I call the fellowship. I call somebody recovered. I talk to somebody. I talk it out. I write it down. I, you know, I do a 10 step on it. I just, I, I work it out. You know, I implement the steps. And um, so anyways, I just want to point that out and just say, I'm so thankful that we have a design for living that really, truly works. And I'll pass. Thank you, Deb. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Kim. Good morning, Kim. Please share. Good morning, Micah, again. I love this. It says, um, starting from a speck on the domestic horizon, great thunderclouds of dispute may gather. How visual. You know, I mean, this chapter is telling the wise, is telling our family members, you know, how to deal with us when we're in the midst of our disease. And now that we, the alcoholic and the wife has found a solution, which is the steps, is saying, how do you deal with this man who's in the new part of recovery? you know, in those beginning days and months and even years. 
a recovery. How does the wife deal with this person who is no longer drinking but still has that alcoholic mind that he's dealing with through the steps? You know, because I know for myself, I always had one solution. Now, one day it might be a Dorito and one day it might be a Ding Dong, but it was always the food. So I did not have life skills. I didn't know how to deal with with work and with relationships and with family and with children. No clue. So as I was learning how to deal with this through these steps, what were my family members going through having to deal with me being restless, irritable, and discontent? Or even in the best moments, just learning how to apply these principles in all my affairs. And I go back to the same page that, that Deb went to on page 87. It said, what used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we're going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely upon it. So as this presumption that we're, being, or we're paying for with all sorts of absurd actions and ideas, our families are there. The wives are watching the, 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 uh, the husband figure, it, figure this stuff out, trying to find a new solution, trying to go towards, towards God instead of towards these destructive alcoholic mind thinking. So as the wife is seeing this, they're asking her. They're saying, you know, starting from a speck on the domestic horizon, great thunderclouds of dispute may gather. It says, never forget that resentment is a deadly hazard to an alcoholic. We do not mean that you have to agree with your husband whenever there is an honest difference of opinion. Just be careful not to disagree in a resentful or critical spirit. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Leah. Leah, and I heard someone else. Randy. Randy. Leah, and then Randy. Thank you so much. We do not mean that you have to agree with your husband whenever there's an honest difference of opinion. Just be careful not to disagree in a resentful or critical spirit. Again, this is progress. You know, I I kind of chuckled to myself, you know, in reviewing back the over two decades practicing this. Um, you know, I used to have to bite my tongue so hard that, you know, there there was almost cuts of blood, you know, on, on this tongue of mine. And, and today... Uh, you know, it's not as such a not such a painful process because the program of recovery has allowed me to um, strengthen that muscle of acceptance because things go better for my husband and I when we work on ourselves rather than on each other. So although it's painful and it seems unfair to have to work on myself uh, when perhaps my husband seems so obviously wrong at times, but the results are much more rewarding. And it comes through acceptance. And acceptance doesn't always necessarily mean agreement. It just means, you know what, he has his own opinion right now, his own way of doing things, and I'm not always right. And perhaps step back and let, you know, uh, God take over here, Leah. So, uh, you know, acceptance is, is not passivity. You know, it, it's, it's not a destination. It's a continuous process. It's a journey. It's a philosophy. It's what the big book teaches me. And it's not 
you know, uh, being a victim. It's being a hero. It's active. It's not passive. It's not sitting back and whining and complaining and blaming and resenting and justifying and fault-finding in my husband. It is saying, you know, I want to bring forward in this relationship these spiritual principles. Because when I look at my relationship and in my marriage through the lens of self-centeredness, then I'm going to feel anger, and I'm going to feel resentment, and I'm going to feel criticism, and I'm going to feel all that negativity through through that lens of self-centeredness. But what if I look at the marriage through God's vision? What if I look at the marriage through the lens of these spiritual principles, then... I'm not guided by my emotions. I'm not guided by self-will run right. I can be guided by unity. I can be guided by love. I can be guided by service. I can bring these traditions that we know and practice in the rooms, I can bring that under my own roof. And I can cooperate. And I can forgive. So, you know, these this spiritual life, it's not a theory. We have to live it and certainly... It works very well when we do. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Randy, go ahead. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, there is um, There was a character defect that I had. I guess I could stir it up at times, but it was by lashing out at people when they, um, I felt, were... Um, being critical or unkind to me, I could always come back, you know, with a, like, slashing them. And um, I really didn't like that about myself. So I've worked on it and um, come to understand, you know, I feel that the serenity prayer for me is such, it has changed my life in such a way that I feel that now when something comes up, it doesn't matter what it is, I live that prayer. I just automatic, it goes into automatic, you know, and I love that. It it gives me such peace. But there's a saying that I wanted to share. It was something similar to what other people said. And my sponsor shared, I had a a sponsor on a different program, and she shared to me, you know, to be careful. And, you know, when 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 I speak to someone, I may be angry at, she said to me, is it kind and is it is it necessary? And it's kind of similar to what other people had said, but that just really stuck with me. Is it kind and is it necessary for me to say? And I have found that my relationship, especially with my husband, is so much better because I just, I just don't go there. And um, it's really helped a lot. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Randy, and we've come to the end of our time. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Paula, can you read a vision for you, please? I would. This would be Paula, Recovered Compulsive Overdue. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass 
for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.